Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. Today we're talking about four truths that transform our compassion. So let me get a little bit of a background before we jump into what the four truths are. So what is compassion? Let's review that first. Compassion is noticing suffering and then having a desire to relieve it. When we have compassion, we're willing to face some really difficult things in life. So if we're going to face these hard things, the hard stuff, the pain and the suffering, if we're going to face that with a willingness and a desire to help and not turn away from it, and actually also not get carried away by the process of helping and doing it all, then we're going to need to have some things in place. And the first thing that we can put in place is to understand these truths about the nature of suffering so that it transforms our compassion. I've learned these truths from my Harvard Compassion class where we're taking both Buddhist thought and also research from Kristen Neff, from Paul Gilbert, and from other researchers on compassion. And we're talking about, and and the Buddhist thought it comes because of 2,500 years of compassion. They've been studying this. This is central to their religion. And these four truths that we're going to discuss are called the Four Noble Truths. The story goes that as Siddhartha Gautama, who left his princely home, went out looking for the answer to relieve suffering and the answer and antidote to suffering in the world, became enlightened and became the Buddha. When he began teaching, his first sermon, his first Dharma, his first teaching was actually these four noble truths that I'll be sharing with you. The four truths are the truth that suffering exists, that there is a cause for it, that there's a way to end those causes. And so let's get practicing. There's a path that leads to the end of all this suffering. Another way of stating them is number one, no one can escape the fact that suffering exists for all of us. It just is. Number two, the way we interact with our suffering can actually create more suffering. Number three, there's a way to end that second kind of suffering. And so number four, let's start practicing. So I'm going to pull these apart just a little bit and figure out how knowing these things actually makes a difference for us. Let's go back to our moment where we're facing the hard stuff. When we're facing something hard with pain and suffering, and we want to maintain our willingness and desire to help and not turn away from it, but also not get carried away by it, in order to maintain that balance or that equilibrium in that moment, how does knowing those four truths help us to do that? So the first one is, no one can escape the fact that suffering exists for all of us. It just exists. If you think about the first time the Buddha went out and noticed it, it's because he went out of his princely palace and saw an old man, a sick person, and a corpse. And he realized, oh, it doesn't matter if I'm a prince and royalty. It doesn't matter if I'm rich. It doesn't matter who you are on the planet. Every human is subject to being sick or having accidents or illnesses. Every human 
is going to age and every human is going to die. And when he realized this transient nature where all these things were inevitable and were going to happen, he realized that everyone suffers then because of that, because no one can escape it. So how does knowing that free us? It means that I'm not alone. If I'm a part of humanity and everybody suffers like this, I'm not alone. I'm not especially privileged and I'm not as especially unprivileged. I'm part of all of humanity because all of us suffer. And so now when I'm facing that moment of the hard stuff, I can realize I'm not the only one. And that changes the way my brain and body operates. It changes my relationship with the pain. It makes me not feel shame or blame, like whose fault is this? Or it's all my fault. It's like, no, it's, it's not about that. It's about this happens to everybody. It's a part of our common humanity. The second truth is that the way we interact with our suffering can create more suffering. So in Buddhist thought, there's this idea that there's pain and suffering and they're kind of two different things. And we might use the words pain and suffering in ways that don't mean these exact things, but, but think of it this way. There are some kinds of pain and suffering that happen to us because of circumstances that we can't control. There are things that just happen. The initial pain is something that we have no control over. That's called the first arrow or the first dart. But there's a second arrow or dart, which is the way that we think about and relate to that first inevitable suffering ends up causing more suffering. Let's take a look at a couple of examples. So let's say that we fall ill this weekend and we can't go to something that we want to go to. Super tiny little itty bitty piece of suffering, but that's what our lives are made up of is simple, simple itty bitty tiny bits of suffering. So first of all, there's the actual illness that we can't do anything about. We have it. Everybody gets sick sometimes. We now have this illness. But then let's say that I add on top of that this expectation that I shouldn't have gotten sick. I should never get sick. I take care of myself. This is wrong. This is not cool. I want to be able to go to this thing. It's not fair. Life's not fair. All of a sudden, our emotions and our thoughts are causing us to suffer more because of our expectation that this shouldn't happen to me. So it's our relationship to the simple fact of getting sick that's causing us all this extra suffering. Now that we know noble truth number two, that the way we interact with our original suffering can create more suffering, what happens and makes that useful is that we can experience the first arrow of pain in ways that allow the pain to ebb and flow and happen and then to move on and go away. Because our lives are transient, it causes pain, but also because the things in our lives are transient, it means that nothing's here to stay. Everything is going to change. Even if we have chronic pain, that chronic pain is going to ebb and flow. And so when we relate to our first arrow of pain, we can accept it. We can say, oh, this is just a part of human life. And we don't end up creating that second layer of suffering where we think things need to be different than they actually are. I do have to say, this is not easy to do. It takes some practice, it takes some skills, it's doable, but it's not easy to learn how to do this. However, it is learnable, which brings us to truth number three. There is a way to end this suffering. Knowing that there's a way to end this suffering means that 
we can do something about it. We can change the way we interact with our pain and with the hard things that we face. Changing the way that we interact with difficult things in our lives is actually the basis of a lot of skills that people learn in therapy. For example, DBT, Dialectical Behavior Therapy, teaches a skill called radical acceptance, where we radically accept the things that we cannot change. And I love that phrase, radical acceptance, to say, I can't change the fact that I'm sick. And if I can radically accept that completely and wholly, then instead of fighting and struggling against it and causing myself more pain and anguish, I can move forward in ways that are best suited to the moment. I might not like that I had to miss my event this weekend, but I also am not going to add so much extra suffering that I get frustrated and, and on top of that angry and unable to rest and unable to do anything else useful with my weekend. Another therapy that teaches a skill related to this is CBT, where we learn to challenge our thoughts, where we can ask ourselves, is that thought true that I shouldn't have gotten sick? Is that thought true that I'm guaranteed a healthy outcome because I make healthy choices, that I'm guaranteed that nothing's ever going to happen to me medically or, or physically? When we use that skill to challenge our thoughts and beliefs, then we start to realize that having those beliefs is actually causing us additional layers of suffering that are not necessary. So the fourth truth is, let's start practicing. We have a method now, we have a way, there's a path and a way to do this, so let's start practicing. The thing that's powerful about knowing this fourth truth is that we don't have to wait around for hard things to happen in order to prepare for them. We can start practicing these skills now so that when they happen, we don't get caught up and add extra layers of suffering to our own difficult circumstances. We can experience the pain without experiencing the added pain that we create for ourselves. So let's go back to our original question and our real original desire that we have here. If we're going to face hard things in our lives and in the lives of other people with a willingness or a desire to help and not turn away from it for all the reasons that we might turn away and avoid it, but also not getting carried away by it by getting too involved with theirs or our emotions or theirs or our thoughts or by overdoing and going, 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 trying to fix and solve things and then getting carried away and overwhelmed by that. If we're going to find balance and be able to stay in the situation without avoiding it or getting carried away by it, then some things need to be in place. And four of the things that can be in place are these four noble truths that help us to establish what suffering is and what we can do about it. Let's take a moment and apply these four noble truths to a random little teeny tiny situation that happened to me this morning. So this morning as I was taking a shower, I noticed a little mark on my beautiful stone shower walls. Beautiful, I love them, but this mark was man-made. There's a little round gray circle on either end of the shower wall and it was created by the machine and the little clamp that picks up the stone in order to transport it. Those little marks or imperfections are like the first arrow. They're just a fact. They're not even the first arrow of pain because they're not really causing anybody pain. It's just a neutral fact that there are two man-made marks on my 
stone. And I chose the stone because I love the, the fact that it's not perfect, that it's not flawless, that it's a natural thing. And there's all these ebbs and flows to the markings in it. However, these two circles are very clearly man-made. So that's just a neutral fact. There are two marks on my shower wall. Okay. So now what do I do? I end up creating my own suffering by telling myself things like this. Ah, I can't believe that I don't have flawless walls after paying for these new things to go in my shower. It's so frustrating. People, you only had one job. Like you move this stuff here, you do this for a living. You should know that whatever was on those little clamps that made these marks on my wall shouldn't have been there. Couldn't you have done it like the other direction? Maybe just turn it around. Maybe there weren't marks on the other side. Pay attention, people. You only have one job here. I don't like looking at other people's mistakes right here in my own bathroom. You can see how easy it is to get carried away with our own minds and thoughts about a simple circumstance, a simple fact. So let's apply the four truths for a minute. Number one, no one can escape the fact that suffering exists for all of us. And if that suffering is just simply circumstances, not even pain, it's not like I was ill, it's not like I was in pain, but it's just a circumstance that I see as unpleasant, that exists for everybody. Everybody has things they don't like. Everybody has things that don't go their way. Everybody has things that exist that are unpleasant for them. And because I'm not alone, instead of feeling all perturbed, I can say, oh yeah, everybody's got things in their house they don't like. I'm really grateful I have a house. I'm really grateful I have these beautiful showers and everybody's got little things about their home that they dislike. The second truth, the way that we interact with suffering can create more suffering. Oh, so obvious. Because when I pay attention to that moment, I realize I'm creating my own suffering and frustration and negative attitude because of the thoughts that I'm allowing to continue and to fuse with. Now, those thoughts are going to show up. Those are just random thoughts that are going to happen in our brain. Our brain needs to create a story about it. So whenever my eyes see this little human-made mark on my stone wall, it's going to make up stories and sentences about that thing that I just saw. No big deal. Okay, so it's just a story in my head. It's a sentence in my brain saying, oh, that was made by a human. Oh, they shouldn't have done that. Instead of getting carried away by that and saying, ah, this is so frustrating, I go, ah, my brain just made up the story that that shouldn't have happened. My brain's telling me a story. My brain's got a sentence in my head. And when we distance ourselves from it with all these other kinds of techniques that we can do, we go, oh, I don't have to interact this way with this neutral fact that there's a little mark there because when I interact in the way I'm doing now, it creates more suffering and I want to choose a different way of interacting that creates less suffering. So which leads us to this third truth, which is there is a way to end this suffering and it's all in the way we interact with our circumstances or the neutral fact that something we dislike or is unpleasant is happening to us. It's just a neutral fact. And then we're choosing to dislike it because of what we're thinking about it, because of what we're making it mean. So the last truth then is that we can start practicing. I can start practicing the skills that help me to separate my emotions and thoughts from the circumstances of my life. And just being able to notice the difference between those is life-changing. 
will continue to learn these compassion skills specifically about how to do that, how to end the suffering, how to challenge our thoughts, how to radically accept what's actually happening without wishing something else different was happening, and how to stop adding these extra layers of suffering on top of the simple neutral facts that are happening that we have no control over. For today, the best thing we can do is to remember that no one escapes suffering. We're all in this together. You're not alone. The way you're interacting with your suffering might be creating more suffering, but there is a way to end that. We can change the way that we interact with our suffering. And we can start on that path right now by recognizing these four truths that affect how we relate to our suffering and how we treat ourselves during difficult moments. I hope you found learning these four truths as interesting as I have and as useful. It just helps me to realize I'm not alone and I can do this because I'm with everybody else on the planet. I'm not alone. And I might be doing something that's actually making it a little bit worse. Let me think about that for a minute. What am I doing that's adding to my own pain instead of just having the initial issue be the issue? And I know there's ways to do this. And so I'm going to start practicing self-compassion. I'm going to start practicing how to be kind and compassionate to myself. This works for addressing my own pain and suffering. And it also works when we're trying to be compassionate to others, recognizing that their pain is part of all of our humanness and that the way they're interacting with it might be causing them extra suffering. And so the way to end that might be to sit with them and to help them realize what's happening with their own thoughts and emotions, and then to begin practicing and having a conversation with them as well. We're all on this journey together of learning how to be compassionate, and it is worth the time and the effort to figure this out. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.